Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build with us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferny. I'm here with my co-hosts, Courtney Staples and C.R. Rowenson. On today's episode, we have a prompt from a longtime patron, one Diplo Raptor. But before we jump into that, let's go ahead and remind you all that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on YouTube now. So go ahead and do all the things that YouTube needs us to do in order to survive on that platform. We're on Twitter at Let's World Build. We are also on Discord and we have a Patreon, hence the patron from Diploraptor. So if you're feeling particularly generous or just want access to all the sweet, sweet patron only goodies like Too Hot for Broadcast or the Aphid Lounge, which is our patron only podcast, by all means, go ahead and click the link and see if Patreon is what you want to give us money for to do and stuff. Anyway, let's go ahead and dive right into today's prompt. Again, this is coming from one Diploraptor, and the prompt is, the generic almost fantasy human races have been ignored for too long. They have committed genocide on the humans <laughs> to retake the world for elves, dwarves, and orcs. Tenet number one. Some terrible price was paid. Tenet number two, the three races are not falling into conflict with each other. And number three, cats are also extinct. So with uh, that very interesting prompt, I would like to start. And, and Clark, you're not here enough for you to like get the first choice very often. So why don't you go ahead and start us off? What was your first tenet that we want to introduce into this particular prompt? Well, so some of the more interesting tenets we've had has actually been when we've started with some of the genres. And I was thinking, mm. I want this to be post-apocalyptic. Okay. Makes sense. What yeah. that actually looks like, whether it's just society collapsed and the world is fine or the world is dying, like, doesn't matter. But I, I want part of this whole situation to be post-apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah, you and, you and Courtney are in that one together. You guys love the post-apocalypse more than I do tell you that I, I am a big fan i was just yeah. trying to think of one we hadn't done a ton of yeah yeah that, mm -hmm. i mean that's that's totally fair although yeah. i mean depending on how you look at some of our prompts they're definitely post-apocalyptic just you know not inherently they're not named post-apocalyptic you know but still. yeah it's less like nuclear blast more just a collapse of civilization and a regrowth kind of thing right right or Oops, the magic turned off and a dinosaur ate my child. Like that, you know, that that's happened as well. <laughs> that's fair. So this will probably be pretty easy. And if that ends up being too weak, I have some backup. Tenets. No, not so at all. I, I, I think good. that if we want to add a little bit more spice, a little bit more flavor, a little bit more je ne sais quoi, we can probably go around. You, you'll have opportunities to add that in there for mm -hmm. sure, Clark. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've got a post-apocalypse. Courtney, what is your first tenet that you're introducing into our setting here? Uh, yeah, mine is partially inspired by Dwarf Fortress, and it's that <laughs> cats are extinct because the dwarves ate them all. Mm, uh, but mm. because there aren't any cats, there's been an explosion of rats and other vermin, and dwarves are pretty unhappy about the whole situation, if not on the verge of widespread starvation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I think ties in, it ties in with the post-apocalypse vibes. I think. Boy, it sure, it sure <laughs> does, Courtney. It sure mm -hmm. does. 
which I, I want to bring something up on that real quick, said cats are extinct, not just household cats, which it's means cats. they expanded their search and their hunting grounds to deal with tigers and leopards <laughs> yes. and lions, and they're all gone. They yeah. got really desperate towards the end there. <laughs> Lynxes, gone. Yep. Panthers, they don't exist anymore. Jaguars, cougars, out. Yep. Hey, cheetah, get the fuck out of here. You're gone. All cats. I wonder how they hunted down cheetahs. I'm just imagining a party of these like really short, stout dwarves chasing after. Well, the the elves probably got those ones, to be fair. Oh, yeah. And, and honestly, like if we look at the prompt, it just says they're extinct. It's not it doesn't say that the races are, you know, responsible for their extinction. You know, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it yeah. definitely is the dwarves, though. They, they house, cats. house cats mm. were from the dwarves. Is that what you're saying? Oh, maybe it's like a delicacy thing and they ate them kind of like the dodos and stuff like that. They just ate them all <laughs> to extinction. Or it's like they were so easy to get. It's like we might as well use them for mm, for food exactly. since they're everywhere. Now that all the humans are dead, we got all these cats around. <laughs> yeah. so. Dude, God, want... the cats are everywhere. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, my tenant is a little bit less goofy than that, but um, well, mine was very serious. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, normally it's the opposite where I bring in a slightly goofier tenant, mm-hmm. but I, you know what? I appreciate this power dynamic switch. So let's <laughs> let's see how this goes. Okay, one thing that I read, and I'm like, okay, that is abhorrent, right? Like the absolute genocide or extinction of a sentient race or species is like morally object like you cannot like be like oh yeah that was a objectively good thing that happened right so like there's there's some kind of like moral thorniness that we're kind of dealing with except not because i have to clarify that because otherwise man i i would just spend way too much time talking about the ethics involved about what happened so i have to my tenet is that the humans needed to be genocided they needed to be uh made extinct and the way that i'm doing that is that they were all infected with some kind of demonic disease some kind of uh mass possession that inflicted the bloodline of humans as a race in its entirety basically right there was a demon plague that was going to cause every human to turn into a demon and as such you know, I mean, that sounds relatively apocalyptic if you ask mm-hmm. me. So maybe mm-hmm. that's how we can kind of tie it in. But ultimately, that's what I'm getting at. That's kind of where my tenet starts and ends. I, I mean, because really, I didn't want to be like, all right, and then this happens and then the, the villain comes. Like, no, I just want to be like, OK, let's start there and then we'll you know, figure it out from there. Yeah, I do really like that because um, I, I did kind of crack up reading the prompts because it's like the humans are genocided. First tenant is some terrible price was paid that isn't just the humans. Yes, genocide. exactly. Like, That's what I read. Second. I'm like, come on. Like, oh, you mean besides the genocide? Got yeah, it. Th- that doesn't matter. Some other price. No, I, I read it <laughs> that they had to pay a terrible price in order to succeed with their genocide. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which I think actually, which one of my um, backup tenants is very similar to what you tossed out, Rob. I'm glad you, glad you put that out there. <laughs> I think we can pull that in to the terrible price to be paid. I really like the idea of some kind of demon plague or mm. mass mass mm-hmm. possession. And my brain is already running off with this. What I think would be cool, a cool answer to that terrible price is through some sort of research, magic implementation, doesn't matter. Um, in order to be successful, 
the other races had to basically splice themselves with demons. So okay, okay. that's how they, they made themselves resistant to the disease so it couldn't spread to them. Oh. And that enabled them to then potentially gave them powers or at least gave them the capability to then go hunt down and possibly even detect gotcha. people who were infected. Um, so then they could track them all down. Plus that okay. could have a side effect of if these were all completely separate species, the splicing has now made it so that all of the non-standard races can viably reproduce together. Ooh, okay. Um, so so all of the races are now partially fiend-blooded is what I'm hearing. Is that correct? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Okay, is it is it all of them or are they subsections of the races that are fiend-blooded? So like we can have like a kind of divide amongst the races themselves. I think at least the people who were involved in the genocide. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like okay. they they had to do that so that they oh. could be immune to the disease and so they could track down the people who were diseased. Interesting. Okay, okay. So, yeah. so that's actually really interesting because now all of a sudden we're we're kind of flipping the the stereotype of ooh you're fiend blooded you're a highly breedable tiefling you're bad you must be evil you know like that kind of thing so now instead of that instead of the culture looking at fiend blooded people as inherently evil they look at fiend blooded people and they're like oh you're a hero you ended the the demon plague right like something like that and i think that's kind of an interesting inversion of the typical like fiend blooded uh, shunning that happens in fantasy settings yeah, I agree. I like that a lot. Because when I was thinking about what terrible price might have been paid, I was thinking maybe it was like a psychological thing. But I think that could also loop in here where like, maybe it's like a, a warrior class or something from each race has basically like self sacrificed part of themselves to become mm. partially fiend. And like, that obviously comes with its own psychological effects. Oh, but then yeah. also like thinking like, maybe um, the fiends that they joined with is like, in opposition to the other demon or devil that had plagued the humans. So it's kind of like this hell battle being duped out among mm. the mortals too. Yeah. And part of where I was, what I was thinking with this is this somehow like part of the price being is <laughs> a large scale deal has been made with demons basically. Mm -hmm. So now they have more influence in the world. There's potentially ways for them to enter the world wholesale. Mm. Like maybe there's a thing where half demons are now, viable for crossbreeding but it's a dominant trait so if mm. two half demons breed they then have a full demon which is bad uh, right yeah. it's real bad okay like a whole bunch of things you could do there's there's a lot of awful implications that i'm thinking of there yeah yeah um can i clarify something really quick as well please because we're tossing out demon kind of loosely uh are we making a distinction between you know like the fiend blooded demon or like the devils who are more likely to make like pacts and like contracts with people and such. Or or do we want to say that when we say demon, it's actually the spectrum of, you know, D&D &D devils and demons together? Yeah, I, I always use those interchangeably. Right, right. I was kind of just using demon as a term for some terrible malevolent right. entity, yeah. not necessarily okay. an organized species. Like they could be great old ones. They could be aliens. Sure. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Some like terrifying destructive force mm -hmm. now has ways to get into the world. I, I think it's important that we make that distinction for the listeners as well, just because it's like some people, you know, if you're really stuck into D&D, &D, like demons and That's devils need that distinction. Plus, if we think about, you know, like how devils make contracts 
and the price that is paid like that is like a, a synchronicity a very easy synchronicity that we can kind of make there as well you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I do really like the idea that it's like an eldritch horror thing that mm-hmm. they've made this pact with like they didn't really understand what they were doing they were just that desperate to like find a cure for this sure so they they reached right. out found this power Ooh. and now oh. are dealing with yeah. the implications of like oh fuck what did we agree actually to? that's super <laughs> fucking cool courtney i like that a lot yeah yeah so w- what if it was like a two-part thing where like part of the agreement is basically they made agreement to um sorry i'm, I'm getting too much into the details we can keep going oh no you're sure okay okay i'll toss it out basically it was a two-part <laughs> thing is this disease was starting to spread across the people of the world and then they made some kind of deal so that it only infected humans basically they locked mm. it to the human race oh. Oh, okay, okay. and then they also asked for the ability to eradicate the humans basically and that's where that stuff came in so it made it so nobody else could get infected or really minimize the chance of cross infection um mm-hmm. just something to really make it safer but you know then there's still other strains and stuff that so mm. basically you're not immune if you wander mm-hmm. in the plagued wastes or whatever, just because you're not human doesn't mean you can't get infected. Mm-hmm. But by doing this large scale deal, that's part of what doomed humanity. And yeah. then they had to do these other things to help safeguard themselves and complete the eradication of humans. So they didn't turn into full demons and so mm-hmm. that they didn't continue spreading. And because even if you drop the transference rate down to like half a percent, that's still massive. Yeah, <laughs> people are bad at conceiving numbers. So like half a percent doesn't sound that bad. But then you expand that to millions or billions of people and it suddenly becomes a fucking problem. Right. Yeah. As you're saying all that, I was thinking like, what if the eradication of humans that wasn't their like request of this elder being? It was more like we need to get rid of the disease, eradicate the disease. And the way that the elder being interpreted that was just slaughtering all humans oh yeah that's that works too too yeah yeah that's the abilities it gave them it's like oh well here's how you eradicate the plague here you go yeah like, just kill everyone oh. yeah <laughs> like oh well <laughs> well it, it's more like this this entity gave them the tools to do it it's like oh yeah no here you go you wanted them dead and i'm forcing them to do that is like i think is a little bit more interesting as well rather than being like magic switch that gets flipped and all of a sudden all the the humans are dead you know yeah it's kind of like the first saw movie right of you ask somebody be like please help me get free and like okay they hand you a bone saw exactly yes Uh that that is exactly the type of terrible price we want to get paid here absolutely i love it and then of course what ends up happening is if we want to uh think about like how genocide has been treated historically right there are moments where the people who have committed genocide Due to, uh, you know, like how history works and how propaganda works, they're often treated as heroes within their own nation and within their own stories and stuff like that. So you can make the the absolute worst people heroes, quote unquote, in the lore. Right. And I think yeah. that'd be kind of a fun thing to play around with. But th- that mm-hmm. might be like a little bit down the road. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. OK. OK. Ooh, there's lots of stuff going on already. I'm loving this a lot. Yeah. Courtney, hit us with your second tenet. What have you got for us? Uh, also in the spirit of Dwarf Fortress. And this, I think, ties in really well with the post-apocalyptic genre that we're going with. Real quick. 
Courtney, hmm? I need to ask. Yeah. Have you been playing Dwarf Fortress? No, actually. I've never played it. Well, I <laughs> okay. I attempted to play it once before it, oh, like, it was came out with the art. When oh, it was God, like, yeah. dear God, what do I even hit to like do anything? Yeah, and, like, yeah. I, I don't want to read like a book to know how to play this game. So. Well, fuck you, read the book, Courtney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just curious because that's two for two from Dwarf Fortress, but carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, I just was very inspirational. Yeah. yeah, Clark, here's what happened. Courtney read dwarves and she read cats and her brain went Dwarf Fortress and that's, nothing else that's mattered. Honestly, it's honestly not far from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> all, all Diplo needed was to add in uh, boat murder and then it would have been yeah. a wrap for all of us, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, sorry, Courtney. What is your second tenet? What do you got for us? Yeah, so it's as a result of the uh, horrific genocide of humans and uh, their corpses rotting all over the place. Massive oh, clouds, Christ. massive clouds of poisonous miasma cover certain areas and can also be shifted around by mm. weather patterns and such. Interesting. Yeah, is is that uh, why the immunity still matters in today's society? Then, like, yeah, I, th I think, think so. so. Because, yeah. yeah, Clark, you said something about, like, plague wastes and, like, maybe this is that sort of thing where, mm. like, if you wander into certain areas, you're still at risk for contracting this plague. Um, even though yeah. the carriers are gone, it's just still, like, festering on their bodies right. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it's also, like, a, a supernatural plague, it would add mm -hmm. to its resilience, right? Because traditionally, like you know, bio stuff lasting for generations, not really a thing in that way, like at mm -hmm. least airborne. Right. So I think the fact that if we add in like supernatural element, you know, demons and whatnot, that probably helps. I mean, there's, uh, there's precedent for having it be something like that, that kind of carries around, especially if it's, um, if, if we want to make it something that is highly capable at crossing species barriers, Mm. where it doesn't necessarily have the same effect but it can turn almost anything into a vector like that that's a potential thing and then part of it being the only people who are truly immune like completely immune are the ones who are half half demon half great old one whatever mm -hmm. the the half the half evil ones <laughs> <laughs> or we'll call them half corrupted ones they're the only ones who are truly truly immune Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Uh, of course, Clark, you are the one who has a lot more knowledge about that type of stuff. My my knowledge of like diseases really stops at the Flash game where you had to kill all of humanity, <laughs> and then Madagascar <laughs> was a real son of a bitch every single freaking Madagascar. Fucking every time. New Zealand, they just yeah. close their airfields, and then it's done. Yeah. Like two people cough in Europe and Madagascar is like, whoa, whoa. Yes, exactly. <laughs> shut it, shut it down. <laughs> yeah. Wait, there's that old, like the ancient now, because we are old yeah. and I'm recognizing yeah. this, but it's like, uh, there's that old comic. It's like a four panel where it's just like president people coughed in Europe and it's like, close down everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, look that up young children of the internet because yeah, that's a, that's a fun one for sure. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So we've got airborne clouds of diseases, just fucking shit up all over. Very fun. Yeah. Oh, I suppose we're back on to me. Huh? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So yeah, my, mine is very simple and I think still fits remarkably well, all things considered. Uh, mine is the world is in the middle of a gunpowder revolution, Ooh. whether you want that to be political or just technological, 
I will allow you to decide and kind of figure it out. But that's where I'm at. And uh, yeah. Can you define a gunpowder revolution? No, that's kind of the point. Um, <laughs> but I will I will tell you kind of where I'm thinking, right? So one, you can either say that a gunpowder revolution means that gunpowder has come onto this world stage in a very mm -hmm. important and meaningful way, right? Mm -hmm. Where yeah. like all of a sudden we have guns and all of a sudden we have right. cannons, right? That's one interpretation. The other interpretation that I've kind of had in my head is, a gunpowder revolution in that there are people who have gunpowder who are causing revolts politically all throughout the world. So mm -hmm. those are kind of the two directions, but I'm leaving that open to you guys as to what you think is more interesting, or maybe some kind of bastardized hybrid of the two, whatever you think is more interesting. Yeah. I took it initially as like, they have gunpowder now as a technology, um, mm -hmm. which then got me thinking like, Oh, maybe like the, the demon plague had created all this like brimstone or something that they used to make fantasy gunpowder or alternatively that could be the weapon that was provided to them by the great old one that they yeah. begged for help <laughs> listen we're gonna infect you with demon blood and we're gonna give you guns <laughs> <laughs> whether it came from the whether it came from the outsider or not i do think it makes perfect sense for this to be a period of redoubled research and focus on mm -hmm. firearms, because if you're trying to deal with wandering plague creatures, you want to do that at range. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a valid point. Yeah. A very good point. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that makes, I think that makes total sense for them to um, probably not too fast in advance, but definitely, especially with the fantasy races, them going past some of the super clunky breech loading into something that's in a little more of the middle ground where it it could be breech loading, but they're able to do some rifling it for long term precision shots, a little bit more mm -hmm. consistency with the firing. So like a um, flintlock, like we just jump straight to flintlock, basically, or or even um, civil. Civil War era, post-Civil mm -hmm. War era, where they started using priming caps instead of having oh, to actually yeah. use flash pans. Something like that, because then it, it was more reliable. Mm. And they also had higher accuracy than they did with I, yeah. uh, original muskets. I, I was going to say, like, flintlock and shit is basically like, you want to use that point blank for it to be really effective. Like, that's why, like, when pirates boarded people and they had, like, eight different pistols on them, they mm -hmm. would basically use them as melee weapons just to, like, tear shit up or effectively right. melee weapons. Right. Mm. Right. OK, yeah, that, that works for me. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I wonder if that was like an effort by all of the currently existing races coming together because, like, dwarves are known, of course, for their, like, blacksmithing and forging and stuff and Elves are mm. often associated with precision and ranged weapons, of course, and orcs, I'm sure, could provide something there, too. <laughs> See, this yeah. is the type of racism that I'm not a fan of, Courtney. <laughs> orcs, among the three, orcs are by far my favorite of the generic fantasy races because mm -hmm. they're, to me, the most interesting compared to short human plus and skinny human plus. <laughs> like, I think orcs at least have a different origin and they're, like, viewpoints of like being villains and stuff like that is interesting enough to me where I'm like, there's probably a lot more richer stuff that we can pull up with orcs and whatnot, but Hey, I'm just getting ultra defensive over here over orcs. So don't mind me. That, that wasn't an implication that orcs didn't have anything to bring to the table. It was more like Fucking there are racist. a lot of options to go with, with them because they're often pretty open-ended in that regard. Mm. 
And, you know, the races are already working together at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do, I do think we can pull in the other revolutionary aspect, not just sort of the tech revolution. Sure. Cause I, now I get to slide in a tenant without using one of my tenants, but See, especially that's how you do it, Clark. <laughs> nice. nice. That's what I do all the time. Yes. <laughs> especially if, um, the primary like genocidal faction or factions still hold major power in several places. And like, there's going to be people that don't agree with this. They're like, yes, we're glad that we're not going to die, but the way we did this or even more outright having opinions about those monsters that are in charge who are now still trying to do monster things, even though it's not needed anymore. Mm. So that, that could be another part of it of people starting to use gunpowder to actually try and fight back against some of these people who were their saviors and are now turning into their oppressors and torturers. I like that. Mm-hmm. And that does work with the tenant and the prompt about like the three races are not falling into conflict with each other. It's more like they're, they're probably united against a, a different class of people or this sort of new race that's forming. Oh, well, and I don't know that it's the, half outsider ones that are necessarily a problem right because i do like mm-hmm. the idea of that trademark being seen as like a positive thing yeah but yeah. i i do think there's factions there's organizations that like spearheaded a lot of this stuff and some of them have gotten uh bored and are now just doing other things because mm-hmm. they don't have humans to hunt anymore and stuff like that is kind of what i'm thinking Oh, so there's like a faction that was like, I enjoyed that way too much, yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah, like even even having splits, right? You may have had people mm. who they were they were ones who went down and hunted down rogue elements, and now they're kind of like a Blackwater group without mm. any moral mm-hmm. compunctions whatsoever. You have others that are like, we really enjoy the political clout that this has given us, and we refuse to let that go, and we are keeping the control over these cities uh, that we had. Yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff playing out in a number of different ways, and the gunpowder revolution can help people in those situations, mm. which doesn't have to be everywhere, lead to actual revolutions. Because oh, this yeah. is still post-apocalyptic, meaning society mm-hmm. is struggling as a whole. Right. There's going to be a lot of isolated yeah. pockets. So there's going to be some places that are okay, and there's going to be a lot of places that aren't. Mm. Yeah, and it's also like the power vacuum that's left when you genocide an entire uh, yeah. species of sentient being. Yeah. Like, if you know, if one fourth of the Earth's population just like was wiped out right now, that would right. be absolutely oh insane. God, like, yeah. and also like all the cities that they leave behind that are now filled with these like poisonous mm-hmm. clouds. And I'm sure people are trying to like get in there and, mm-hmm. and loot from them and stuff. And there's just all these implications mm-hmm. that we could go into. Absolutely. And I, I'm also thinking of like the rise of like little despots or like despotism mm-hmm. on like a fiefdom level almost, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I I love the idea as well that what we can do is you can use, you know, when we say gunpowder revolution, yes, it's a gunpowder in terms of technology, but it's also the revolutionary who picks up the gunpowder and uses it as a tool against the oppressors as well. So it's kind of like a double Mm -hmm. meaning in that way. Right. That sounds dope to me. I mean, like I'm I'm all for a post-apocalyptic world where your job is to take down like corrupt and awful despots so Mm -hmm. yeah down Mm -hmm. with tyranny hell yeah um all right so that's all of our tenants right i actually i i cheated so i actually still get one 
What do you mean? Uh, no, you got you get you gave okay. two. You gave two no, tenants already. I, I cheated. I made it part of yours. My one was supposed to pocket. No, no, you no, you you, you had three, <laughs> didn't you? Wait, wait, hold on. No, no, no. You 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 took one that I was gonna use. I cheated on a third. Oh, so you just okay, so you just <laughs> I cheated added twice. on top of that? Wow. I cheated twice, yeah. So okay, so you now have four tenants. Okay, this is an unprecedented, <laughs> except by me, like I've done it, but this is an unprecedented turn of events here, Clark. To clarify, I started with the genre. You're the one who mentioned the genocide was necessary. I was like, oh, sweet. I was going to do that, too. So that one wasn't mine. <laughs> okay, this is fucking bullshit, but I'm very intrigued to hear what your fourth tenet is now going yes. to be, Clark. What do you got? Well, and then there's the genociding factions. That was me just building on somebody else's thing. Got to fully justify myself. Yeah, yeah. Your fo- but- oh, sorry, sorry. Fifth, fifth. We're on your fifth tenant now. Got it. What do we no, got? No, we're still on the fourth. Anyway, I'm at like two C now. We got like so, <laughs> indented bliss going on. I here. learned it from watching you. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Anyway, so since we're dealing with a fairly standard sort of like fantasy setup, I did want to address the magic, not just because I'm the magic engineer, not just that. But um, I actually want to change it so that the magic that still exists now is it's basically a superhero setup with low to medium strength. So -hmm. you don't have any Supermans. You don't have any Martian Manhunters. You don't even necessarily really have any Wonder Women. Um, but you do have a lot of people who are on the weak to mid, like Marvel range. So nobody's invincible. They can be dealt with by gunpowder, but they do have a variety of special abilities beyond the norm. They're very eclectic. They're very random. Mm-hmm. And there's not necessarily logic between one person and the next, which can okay. add a whole bunch of variability and flavor for different locations and different characters. Is this an X-Men situation where like the people who are infected have those mutant powers or is this something else that we're working with here? Uh, I don't know. We could do it. We could certainly do it that way. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's the Mm. people who are half outsider or if this exists in a small percentage of the normal population. But I think part of how the world changed, changed access to magic. So now it's this much more limited and kind of random situation rather than the more established thing you would expect from a standard fantasy setup mm-hmm. with dwarves and elves and stuff. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. When you were talking, I was envisioning it as having like come from the great old one pact. So these like half corrupted people are the ones who get these like random powers, which works in like a chaotic sense. You have this eldritch being just doling out stuff at random. Um, but I also do like that idea that like, there used to be the more typical fantasy magic that was wiped out. And maybe that Ooh, was the result yeah. of like the great old one soaking up that power for itself mm-hmm. as part of the deal. Or maybe it was part of the demon pact that the humans had made or, mm-hmm. or like the demon plague. Maybe that, that kind of ate the magic up or yeah. something like that. I, I like that. Yeah. yeah I, I like that a lot. Like the, the mm-hmm. idea that the demon plague wasn't just like mass possession and like demonic presence, but like, something that literally tore magic away from the world as we knew it. That's really fucking cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what what if we did kind of tie it to the bloodline? So basically the more corruption you have, the stronger your superhero powers are, mm-hmm. which would lead to an interesting place of the creatures in the world that have the most magical might are the fully corrupted monsters that are right. running around. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And then it's also 
it's pseudo heroic, pseudo concerning, right? Because then if you manifest even a minor power, that means that you have quote like hero lineage in mm-hmm. your bloodline. But that mm-hmm. also means you need to be careful about who you reproduce with because that might yeah. lead to mm. more monsters. Yeah. <laughs> it it is interesting that we're like dabbling with essentialism here, right? And like purity of bloodline. So there's some definitely some crypto fascist, like awful like shit that we're like dancing around with here which I think is an interesting conceit within the world itself, because now we're talking about like literal blood purity. Right. And we, we kind of have to be careful about that type of thing uh, within this world because man, Oh, we've seen too much of that shit as is, you know what I mean? I kind of like that with what we have set up, both Mm -hmm. with the blood purity, having a big positive aspect to it for Mm -hmm. everybody, but then a, a real danger to it right so it's not mm. just a thing of like oh you're impure you need to be removed it's like no you're you're not impure but you have you have a hint of this which means in a way you're actually to be revered and valued mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also we got to be careful right yeah yeah i don't think it necessarily has to go in a fascist direction it could be more like a an inbreeding type problem mm-hmm. if you look at right. it that way like right. the eldritch entity kind of embedded its genetics in these people and now that's sort of a risk factor that they have to keep in mind when they're partnering up with people so it's like i don't know i don't think it necessarily needs to be like super fascist in how it's controlled but more so just like be be aware that if you two have Mm -hmm. kids it might try to like eat itself out of your womb or something (laughs) like Something like that might happen. Yeah, right. I, I'm just thinking about how humanity has worked overall. Oh, yeah. They'll use yeah. any excuse to and, – and this is the other thing. When we're talking about generic fantasy races, I say humanity as like the thing that everyone – like that sentient right. beings have, right? Like I want to make that clear as well. It's not just a human thing. It's right. you know like sentient beings have a way of seeing this kind of thing and being like, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're definitely going to aim for blood purity here. And then all of a <laughs> yeah. sudden it's like – you know, full demons just roaming the earth, right? Which I'm sure is actually a thing that's happening. But mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I think we can like take it in a lot of different directions. Right. Sure. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm just cautioning us to be, you know, cognizant of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, we could also add environmental factors to it, right? So it's not mm-hmm. just bloodline, but like part of the plagues and exposure mm-hmm. and stuff that goes around. Okay. Is if, yeah. If you've never had powers and then you start manifesting powers, that means in some way you were like partially infected. Right. And like maybe right. that's what some of the solution that they were given was. It's like you won't you won't get um consumed by it like the humans were. It will sort of be absorbed into your being. But hey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's really interesting because it adds in mm-hmm. the the thorny bit of like purposeful exposure to this particular demon thing. Like you can't get too much of it because that'll mm-hmm. turn you full demon. But if you get just a whiff of it, then that might give you superpowers or it might kill you. Like, you know, <laughs> it's kind of 50 50. It's it, honestly, uh, I'm glad that Daniel's not on this episode because it sounds like a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure reference. That's what it sounds like to me, where in JoJo's you get stand powers by getting stabbed with a mystical arrow. <laughs> and then if the arrow doesn't kill you, then you get a sweet, sweet superpower as a result. So, yeah. <laughs> I had uh, no idea that that's how that happened. Yes, that is the end. <laughs> JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has its own midichlorians in it. So, yeah, that's absolutely a thing. 
And if we wanted to, we could get deeper into the details of like the difference between the people who have it in the bloodline and the people who have been affected by environmental and yada yada. Like maybe mm-hmm. in the bloodline, that means that you can't actually personally progress the full corruption. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I also kind of like the twist here of the the people who committed the genocide are the ones who arguably ended up with the corruption. Yes. Because mm-hmm. usually it's it's the other way where they're genociding the people who like you're i mean they they did do that like they wiped out the corrupted humans but at the same time they're like well we're also now Mm. corrupted for the same thing we were hunting everybody down for it it is kind of interesting right because it's like it's almost like they're watching a cycle happen they're like ah shit we're gonna be like we might be part of this problem in a couple of generations that kind of thing you know yeah but speaking of twists clark we got to get to ours so before we do Let's go ahead and uh, give our tenets again. Mm-hmm. Clark, what was your first of four tenets? What do you got? <laughs> the genre is post-apocalyptic. Do you feel satisfied with that thus far? Very. Good. All right. Courtney, what was your first tenet? What do you got for us? Uh, mine was to explain that cats are extinct because the dwarves ate all of them. Mm. Uh, and now that there aren't any cats, there's been an explosion of like the rat population and mm. mice and stuff. Um, and dwarves are at least unhappy, if not on the verge of suffering from a famine. Mm, um, mm. And I'd like to build this out more. And I, I was thinking as we were discussing, like, given that there's like a shitload of rats now, maybe they are often like literal plague rats now. Demon plague rats. Demon, demon plague rats. Hell yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Why yeah. not like just throw in the skaven while we're at it? Fuck it, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm, d- I'm totally down with that. Sure. I'm down All for right, that. Cool. cool. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Uh, so because of the extinction of cats, we now have Skaven that are relatively unchecked. Got it. Yep. Yep. Which which builds off of what we've created thus far. So that, I think that mm-hmm. works pretty well. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. My first tenant was – oh, shit. What was my first tenant? Oh, right. So my first tenant was the humans basically needed to be genocided because they had a demon plague, something that was like causing them to uh, – spontaneously get possessed and corrupted by this demonic presence. We haven't really named it or looked at it in any serious way, but that, and and also what we've also added to that is that this also destroyed or ate or eroded magic, the normal types of magic that the world was used to. Right. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, Let's go back to Clark with your tenets two through four. What do you got? (laughs) So that was my tenant too, is what I'm saying. Your tenant too was it's lies. It's lies. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I get for trying to be honest, listeners. And so in the future, I just need to be more under. You just gotta Do lie. You fucking gaslight our listeners. Get out of here. <laughs> so, um, I think it was uh, it was after Courtney's or after that one. I kind of tried to sneak in the idea that the genocide sighting factions are still in power. Yeah, yeah, because that went that went to your gunpowder revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, Courtney. What was your second tenant? <laughs> um, that was that. Given that there are all these like demon plague human corpses everywhere now um, that are rotting, they're releasing these massive clouds of miasma that cover certain areas, probably like the human cities and stuff that are now in mm. ruins. Um, and that can also be spread through like weather and wind patterns and such. Gotcha. And I feel like that's done pretty well. You feel satisfied with how that turned out as well? 
Yeah, I think it gives us opportunity to explore like the very post-apocalyptic vibe of going into mm-hmm. like a, a ruined human city and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, happy with that. Cool. Plus, I mean, you got the Skaven now too, which helps. You know, you have yep. you have like a natural inhabitant of those plagued places. So, mm-hmm. oh, nice. Yeah, that works. Okay, awesome. Uh, my second tenet was the world is in the middle of a gunpowder revolution. Uh, I feel like I'm pretty happy with that. We've we've mixed it so it's not just about the technology, but also revolutionaries who are using it to overthrow despots. I'm happy with that for sure. Mm-hmm. That's where I snuck in my third tenant. was just reestablishing the setup for the magic where it's like we said it's no longer the traditional organized magic it has turned into a more eclectic irrational superhero setup with people ranging mm-hmm. from low skills and tricks to medium capabilities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no invincibility mm-hmm. no uh nobody is bulletproof more right. or less yeah right that's interesting and when you say nobody, you mean none of the super powered folks, because I'm imagining that there are probably some like demons or monsters that exist outside of the normal sentient races that are, in fact, nigh invulnerable to bullets and whatnot. Yeah, none of the none of the people, if this was right. an RPG, right. none of the playable characters are bulletproof. Gotcha. Yeah. And OK, really, none of the NPCs, but like the monsters and villains and stuff. Sure, they can absolutely. Cool. Have that. Awesome. Rob, you just you just gave me an idea for like a villain monster type thing, like a rat king. That's mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. Uh, for listeners. A rat king is when rats get like tangled up in themselves, basically, and become this like horrible mass of of rats that are all twisted together by their tail. It's actually very sad occurrence, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But um, picturing like that happening in this like plague cloud and mm-hmm. they just like get these horribly mutated rat things that are just mm-hmm. massive and horrible. So, so add in sentience to that. So you have mm-hmm. like what is effectively a Senate worth of rat kings who are oh all yelling and arguing with one another. That's a cool ass idea. I'm yeah. stealing that. It's not Courtney's <laughs> idea. It's my idea now. So Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's how intellectual property works. I claimed it first. Damn it. <laughs> No, I really like that idea. And like, I do want to like dive more into that in the next episode for sure. Yes. And we'll have plenty of time to do that. Mm -hmm. But before we get to the next episode, we have to roll our twist. And our twist this time is going to be the most energy anything can produce at a time is a large campfire, less than 14 horsepower. No shit. (laughs) Honestly, that. That works, doesn't it? Because like, what is gunpowder? Gunpowder can't be more than 14 horsepower, right? It's not. It's absolutely not. Good. Good. Okay. okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. Because it's like such a focal point, right? It's more about, yeah. yeah. Honestly, that that fits the the post-apocalypse yeah. very well. So It does. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Cool, cool. Cool. Well, And it well, prevents us from escalating stuff to bombs is yes, really what yes, it does. It, yes. Yeah. You keep guns, some smaller cannons, but that's going to be about it. Yeah, jet yeah. propulsions out of it. And also it kind of makes sense with your, you know, like low superhero power type thing as yeah. well. So it's not like we can have like 15 horse punch man or something like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Nobody's like laser beaming out their eyes and destroying yes. everything. Yes, yeah. exactly. That I think that works remarkably well. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. We will look, we will reconcile that <laughs> next episode where, where, you know, mm-hmm. when we get there. But in the meantime, 
I'm here to remind you that if you want us to build your world like we did with one Mr. Diplo Raptor, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow some instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on YouTube and Twitter. At Twitter, it's at Let's World Build. And on YouTube, you just got to find World Build With Us. Do all the things that makes YouTube happy, like subscribing and linking and liking and commenting, all that good stuff. We're also on Discord if you want to come chat with us more directly. And if you're feeling particularly generous, like Diplo Raptor, or you just want access to sweet, sweet patron-only goodies, like two-episode lengths, or access to the aphid lounge or access to too hot for broadcast among other things like oh you get you get the podcast early then you can go to our patreon and give us money if you know you're just ever happy that we made your life better in some way you can give us a little tip by doing that as well that always helps us out it's always it's always appreciated uh and clark where can people find you on the internet yeah, the best place to find me right now is on YouTube with the channel The Magic Engineer. You can also find me on my website, which is just crrowinson.com. That's the best way to contact me is through the contact form on there. So if you want to give me more ideas of how I can cheat and get additional tenants <laughs> into these episodes, that's Easy. how you reach out to me. And if for any reason you have more money that you want to throw at different creatives, I do also have a Patreon. If you're going to pick start with world build with us this is their <laughs> podcast um those are the main places to find me youtube here and on my website all right uh clark thank you so much as per usual for joining us and thank you all for listening this has been world build with us remember that we love you very much and we're gonna get through this together until next week mm-hmm.